I'm often amazed at the planning, the care, and the meticulousness that some people put into their gardens. Some people are so serious about their gardens that they start this planning process months in advance. Even in the preceding fall, they're putting together their plot plans, trying to figure out how they're going to arrange their crops, realizing that the eggplant go, can't go with the tomato plants. Who knew? And so in the process of putting together these gardens, all the meticulous care is put into even selecting the proper seeds. And as spring begins to dawn, they even go so far as to begin to sprout some of these seeds so that the tender young plants can be ready to go into the ground. And then they get about the business of tending for this garden. They planned for it. It usually is the envy of all because it yields the fullest abundance of crop and somehow never seems to sprout a weed. And then you have other people who approach their garden in a much different way. They go to the stand, they buy this plant, they buy that plant, somebody gives them a package of seeds, they throw those in the ground. And then they wonder, like I do, why nothing is growing. I pull the weeds every once in a while, but how do they come back so quickly? And the yield is usually not so great. The way we approach the gospel is very similar to how folks sometimes approach their gardening practices. Jesus calls his disciples together and sends them on a mission. You know, it's interesting as we listen to the word of God proclaimed, we can implement that word in a variety of ways. For many of us, we kind of do it randomly. We live pretty decent lives. We try to love folks as much as we can. We try to be neighborly and respectful of our brothers and sisters. If there's a food drive, we'll contribute. And we try to do what we can for the poor. Random acts of kindness are blossoming quite frequently these days. And we feel at the end of the day that we've kind of done our peace. Yet as we look out in our world, and our world continues to evolve, we may find ourselves thinking, why then is it getting worse? You know, if folks are doing these random acts and trying to do the best they can and watching out for their brothers and sisters, why is the world still seemingly on a worse plane? It doesn't seem that those little acts are producing as much fruit as perhaps we thought they would. Jesus asked his disciples to go about the task of discipleship in an intentional way. He gave them simple but very specific instructions. He spoke frequently of the kingdom of God, of the reign of God, and what that kingdom looks like. The very beautiful dissertation on the Beatitudes lays it out 
the blueprint for how God would love to see the world come together. If you notice, Jesus never spoke and told people to go off and find a nice little church, find your comfort zone where you feel happy and at peace, say these prayers, and you're all set to go. He never said that. But he spoke of God's kingdom and God's reign and about the need to go out and sow seeds and cultivate good soil. You see, if we approach the gospel randomly, we're going to find ourselves like that random gardener with very little yield at the end of the day. But if we approach the gospel intentionally with a design, we can accomplish greater things. There's a fellow by the name of Jack Jezreel who developed what's called Just Faith Ministries. And what this is, is an ability and a way of taking the gospel and putting it into action. It's based on social justice and Catholic social teaching. And about how to increase our awareness of the need not only to take care of immediate concerns, but to address the very things at the root of them that are causing them. And education, he says, is a big piece of that. You know, Catholic social teaching lays it all out for us very nicely. Care for the earth, a preferential option for the poor, respecting human dignity, solidarity with others, resolving conflict not with violence, but through peaceable ways, of mapping out the vision that God has of his kingdom and what the world needs to look like. Now, as we look at that vision for the world and we look at ourselves, no one of us can solve all of the world's problems. But also, we must admit that injustice is raising its head in every corner of our world, increasingly so every day. People are still unnecessarily hurt and in pain. People are still going to bed hungry when there's really no need for that to be. Children are being used to advance agendas. Innocence is being taken from folks. Children are being sold and used for personal gain. And the list goes on and on of ways that we consistently mistreat each other and find ourselves living in a way that God certainly did not intend. You see, we often, even if it's by complacency, buy into this ideal for the human race that may seem okay at first, but when it's embarked upon and takes root, may actually in the end end up hurting us.
we have to admit that what we see for ourselves is often not what God sees. And that we live in a world that increasingly is becoming more secular, that almost takes pride in removing God from the face of public life, or at least using him to its own advantage and in the way that meets their own needs. There is great work yet to do. And we need the wider global church to help us and lead us in the direction of the gospel. We need to educate ourselves as much as possible in terms of the issues of social justice and how to implement God's kingdom. And not one of us can do it all ourselves. But we can live our lives with greater intent, with a more directed purpose. We can develop a more fruitful prayer life, a closer relationship with God. The realization that what we celebrate here in word and in sacrament every week is not just something for my own spiritual benefit, but something to give me the courage, the resolve, and the focus to go out those doors and live that intentional gospel-centered life. And it may be as simple as becoming more aware of the injustices that abound in our world, to become more sensitive to the cries of others, to be less willing to just dismiss them, to be less willing to justify actions that clearly, on all value, are simply wrong. We are called to discipleship, and we have a choice. We can do it randomly and sow a seed here or there, which probably at the end of the day satisfies our conscience more than anything else. Or we can do it as Jesus directed his disciples with intent and purpose, realizing that we are called to live not as the world would like us to live, but as God would like us to live, that we are members of God's kingdom with a purpose and a design and an intent to share all of his blessings and gifts with all of his children.